0: This podcast is sponsored by listeners like yourself at patreon.com slash thelapse. And uh, exciting news, believe it or not, we got to our very first goal. I'm uh, I'm humbled by that. I honestly couldn't do this without you guys. So at the end of the show, as I promised on the campaign, stay tuned. I'll be thanking all of those folks on the air. So what does that mean? Well, I'm still bootstrapping this sucker, (laughs) but I believe the show can grow. If you check out the campaign, the big goal is uh, quite frankly, more episodes more often. And I I think that's great for everyone. But while you help me get there, even for a buck, it works. We've got a behind the scenes documentary that's next. uh, And what I'm most excited about is at the goal after that, uh, we're doing an illustrated children's book adaptation of my story, The Spy Club, which you might remember from episodes ago. And the best part is it's gonna be hand-drawn by my phenomenally talented sister, Kara. Probably didn't know I have a sister, but um, <laughs> sorry, folks, she's taken. Both of those are just a stone's throw away. And in the meantime, as a reward for hitting our first goal, I'll be telling an extra special full-length story of my own on Patreon exclusively. Uh, did you know that I was on a reality show once? That and all the monthly mini short films, uncut interviews are all available at patreon.com slash thelapse. Thank you guys so, so much. Oh, and uh quick shout out to all of the lovely people who've picked up the show since my appearance on Risk. If you are a long-time listener and you haven't checked out Risk before, I have a very raw, very personal story that closes out uh, an episode called Hazardous that is from a few weeks back. It's unlikely I will tell that story on this show. So if you want to listen to it, you will find it at risk-show.com. There's also a link at thelapse.org. Be prepared. Um, it's... Uh, Let's just say that somebody tweeted that it was the most bone chilling story that they've ever heard on a podcast. So (laughs) with all of that said, hey everybody and welcome to the LAP Storytelling Podcast where we tell true stories gussied up. I'm your host, Kyle Jest. And today we've got a story about, well, you ever hear the term God is love? Whether or not you're a religious person, chances are that yeah, of course you have. Everyone has heard that phrase. But for Chad Michael, he had to ask, How does that phrase apply when everyone in your church hates your guts? I'm calling this one, The Freshman. Here comes. This is The Lapse. Chad, meet God. No, no, not that one. The other God. An evangelical Christian God. He created you in his image. He watches you. He listens to you. He loves you more than you could possibly imagine, as only God can.
1: Unless you're, um, you're not gay, are you? Everyone around me knew that I was gay before I did. Oh. I was one of those little boys that made you smile because of how gay he acted, you know? I was a really effeminate teenager, and this was in the year, like, 1990, and so, Going into junior high, I had six classes every day. I was was around 150 different kids, and you get immediate feedback on that side of your personality. (laughs) I didn't have any friends. I had one friend, but he was all I had. I had one friend, and I felt really separate from other guys, especially, and definitely other men. Young Chad's not really the religious type, neither is most of his family except for his aunt. So she invited me to this nice American church in the San Fernando Valley. She went to the sort of the big service where the senior pastor taught and everything, and I went to the uh, youth ministry where this youth pastor was talking. I ate no fast food for two years. For three years, I watched no TV. No TV, except for sports, because God watches sports, I don't know. He had an incredibly teenage sensibility. Extremely entertaining, funny. He had this rapport with all of us in the room that made everyone feel like they were home. Yeah, Joe for Jesus, you know, real and everyone was cool, you know. And that was the real thing. He made me feel cool. The kingdom of God turns out to be a lot more welcoming than junior high.
0: He still doesn't share much in common with the boys, but all the girls like to sit with Chad. That summer's Marshmallows and Prayer Songs. The Christian Camp Sugar Pine. At the end of that camp, the kids are encouraged to share something about themselves, how they seek to make the world better, something personal. The irony is, at the big chapel in front of 200 of his peers, Chad can be about as open as he's ever been about how shy he is. Chad packs his things for the end of camp. When he looks up, a new face peers back at him.
1: Blonde hair, blue eyes, and... He fell right into my love map.
0: Hey, says the boy, what you said last night in front of everybody. I thought that was really brave.
1: He felt, I think, the same insecurities that I did, except he was like totally masculine, you know? There was just sort of this instant connection, which uh, up until that point, it might not sound remarkable, but in my 13 years of life, I had never had an emotional connection with another male before in that way. I was just happy to be connecting with a a new person. Every time that we had Wednesday night youth ministry, we'd sit in the back together and just kind of feel like we were a part of this greater community. But I think really, as time went on, I was just going just to hang out with him. As Chad and his friend, who
0: he's calling the freshman, transition into high school, so too are they asked to join the high school ministry.
1: That means big church had about 5,000 people a service it was a, it was a much different experience and you know there was no intimacy the freshman and I sat together like to huddle together not get lost in this expanse of people but it was in that sanctuary every Sunday that I started hearing that for the first time
0: the child just came out. about this
1: thing called homosexuality to be a homosexual what do I do
0: that becomes an issue for confrontation of the sternest and strongest kind.
1: It was this sort of disgusting thing, this sort of sin against nature. Not only a moral error, but it was actually something that carried a lot of, and should carry a lot of shame with it.
0: You tell the church.
1: I thought they were right.
0: And if there's still no repentance, then there's a public putting out of the church of that person who professes to be a Christian. That's how you deal.
1: They use words like you know Jesus and God, and so I just assumed that they knew what they were talking about. Gayness was wrong. Talk about cognitive dissonance. I mean, at the same time, I was developing this these really intense feelings for this guy next to me. You have to. We were going to be friends forever. Maybe I just kind of assumed it was like the Holy Spirit or something. I mean, I don't know. I but I know that it was a it was a very innocent. Um, love. I just knew that I loved being with him and I wanted to be with him all the time. And they are,
0: at least when they're in church. When they're not in church, they're on the phone. It's like they're inseparable even when they're separate. For the next year and a half, things kind of just stayed the course. And then, one Sunday church
1: evening, we were just having this really sort of deep conversation, talking, talking at length about our feelings, and I just had this impulse to tell him that I loved him. And so I just just came out. I just said, I, I love him. you. I could not have been more unprepared for the reaction, the look in his eyes, like that kind of look that your grandmother gives you that's like, you know, you're going to hell unless you do a 180 and quick changed everything almost instantly he had been raised in that church environment where homosexuality was preached against he had been raised in that all of his life compounded he was a straight guy but he was not gay at all it ended this like beautiful friendship that i had with him it was in these early weeks after this rejection from him that I began to become aware that I was a homosexual. Just like steeped in shame. A freak, you know, like I had this sort of invisible scarlet letter that everyone knew about because they could see it in my behavior and they probably got told about it from the freshmen. I just felt like I was dying inside, like I hated myself. I didn't have anybody who liked me on the outside. I felt like I didn't have a home anymore. It soon became really obvious to the people around me that I was in this sort of nervous breakdown because I was, my hair was like getting matted because I wasn't washing it in the morning and I wasn't eating at school and I wasn't sleeping at night. The senior pastor taught that if you were depressed as a Christian, you had some major sin in your life that you needed to repent of because depression was a sign of disobedience.
0: You're beginning to scare your scare, You better to the liar. Honor thy father and thy mother.
1: Or you are banished from the youth ministry. You can't ever come back. And the irony is that I was not even admitting to being gay at that point. Like, I was not even telling them, okay, the reason why I'm so... Miserable and sick is because I hate myself because you've told me that I'm like a wretch before God because I'm gay. So basically, they were punishing me because I was sick. And they made me sick. You think that all adults are on your side and they're going to look out for you, but actually, these people were not on my side. And that's exactly what they did to me. They said, you, you can't come back. They banished me.
0: The church strips Chad of his role as Sunday teacher. No more Sundays, no more Wednesdays, no more God. A couple weeks go
1: by. I tried to call the freshman. I just didn't know what else to do. I was so helpless. I just needed to talk to somebody about what was going on. Hey, Chad says, it's me. I can't talk. to you under church discipline I've been forbidden by the youth pastor to talk to you. Good luck. And he hung up on me. I, I hated the fact that I was gay. I hated the fact that I still acted stereotypically feminine. This idea that principles are more important than people. This idea that that moral certitudes are more important than souls. This sort of fundamentalist paradigm had fucked me over, it had fucked my cousin over, and the the real irony of this whole fundamentalist tragedy is that about a year later, it fucked over the youth pastor as well. The youth pastor? He develops feelings for his secretary.
0: Nothing major, certainly nothing sexual, unless you consider shared lunches tantamount to an affair. And actually, privately, they choose to end their little outings. When the church gets wind that it ever happened, he too is fired.
1: I never recovered from the the self-loathing, I think. And all my mom could do was to hire a therapist who was gay and was gifted in teenage trauma. A guy for me to just talk to.
0: Years go by. A lot of years. By 2010, it's been so long that Chad's mother passes on. He's lived without the church for decades now.
1: I felt like I didn't belong anywhere. It's like the fundamentalist church could drive God from me, but it couldn't drive the longing for home. I actually went on the internet and I typed in uh, Southern California Churches Open and Affirming. It came up with uh, All Saints Church, Pasadena. Jesus did not say, I, if I be lifted up, will draw some. (laughs) Jesus said, I, if I be lifted up, will draw all. I was amazed at how the youth ministry celebrated the sexuality of its LGBT youth actually celebrate that here they they praise them for exploring those feelings you know that really impressed me and i had a chance for like two years to volunteer with those kids in the youth ministry and i just don't want to leave this place like i want to be at that church forever i believe in god now as an episcopalian but Not in the way that most people do. I mean, I sort of believe that God is... Like, I'm not even agnostic, right? I just... I seriously do not believe that there's a God in heaven waiting for me when I die. I think that... um, Like, the part of me that really fell in love with the freshman when I was a teenager, like, a part of me thinks that's as good as it gets. And someday I'm going to find that feeling again with someone. And, uh... And that's God. I've been here now for, um, I guess I'm in my fifth year. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of exciting. not so much that I
0: love you, baby. It's not so much that I care. It's not so much that I think about you in the evening air. That story again was shared by Chad Michael. He'd like to encourage anyone, but especially teens maybe still coming to terms with their identity, just looking for someone to talk to, support, give his church a look. They are at allsaints-pas.org. There's a link to that on the LAPS site as well. Um, You don't have to believe in God. You don't have to be a religious person. He certainly isn't. It's there for teens if they want someone to talk to. Check it out. If you want to see the video that this story actually stems from and some of his other work, you can do so at thevideopoet.com. Thank you once more to Jesse Brennan for this show's transcription and uh, in the form of a tune, here is every single person thus far who has made this show possible. Here goes something. Kathy Kearns, Jeffrey Garrane, Judy B. Desdemona, Bendini, Emily Milling, Sean Michael Hayes, Hokey, Alex He, Nathan Stevens, Claire Brennan, Emily Brown, Anastasia Kaye, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Steve and Bethy, Ricky Mark Nelson, Jess A., Chad Michael, Holly Atkinson, Ryan White, Robin O., Laura Hansen, Megan Kenahan, Stephanie Rivera, mm-hmm-hmm. Dan Lizette in the podcast digest, Robert S., Patricia Della Cruz, Wichita Sims, Jennifer Van Matre, Erica Agren, Dan Hyde, Aaron Morrow, Rick Sommer, DW, Dan L., Gurpreet, Glennagy, Mike Wood, Ricker, as in Samari, Angela Russell, Carolyn D, and finally Avery Milo. This song's still going. Don't know when it actually ends. Oh! <laughs> it actually ended right there. We're stopping this. It was... I'm so sorry. That was really awful. Don't ask me to sing and dance. I, I can do neither. Well, I can sort of do the first. Um. <laughs> Thank you all so so much. If you'd like to support my little show, you can do so at patreon.com slash My name is Kyle Jest and this was the Lapse. Thank you so much for listening.